0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: Well, my name is Shen Yadiemi. Most people know me as Sean, but I prefer Sean if you can pronounce that.
2: <laughs> what is it about those things in that story that matter more? And the more I can understand how... I view it, the more I can then challenge what I do with it.
1: Some, a situation like that or analogy like that can help uncover what money means, do you think?
2: That's not responsible.
1: It's not being a good steward, which is what we're called to be. We somehow feel by, uh, if I get a 10% bump in my salary or 20% bump, if I'm earning half a million dollars a year or million a year then all my problems will go away because there's more practicality to it of
2: i'm married to someone that's a free spender and they hide it and i don't know about it until it's too late versus i want to know what's going on and i share it all with you is that what you're describing
0: thank you for tuning in you're listening to the dollar savvy podcast And here's your host, Shayon Adeyemi, President and Senior Financial Planner at SA Capital Advisors.
1: Welcome to the Dollar Savvy Show. I'm your host, Shayon Adeyemi. Thank you for joining us once again. On this episode, we continue our conversation with Dr. Corey Allen, a marriage family therapist based out of Dallas, We've been talking about the issues of confronting insecurities to allow for vulnerability in your marriage. If you missed the first part of this conversation, you want to go back and listen to it. You can find it on dollars at dollarsavvy.ca, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher. And here's the rest of my interview. the steps you think when there are just two meanings or two opposing or different worldviews, and in some cases the both don't even realize what their worldview is, right? And they're fighting, but they don't know what they're fighting about. In some cases, right? Uh, how does one how how does how does one begin to deconstruct? what that meaning would look like or could look like, uh, give me an idea of what you would, you had a couple in your, in, in, in your office okay. and yeah.
2: So in large part, it, 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 this is where it starts to become an individual thing playing out relationally. And that's where you, you want each person to begin asking the questions of what do it, what attachments do I have to this thing? What does this thing mean to me? and I I have to do that work myself. I could go to my partner, if I've been with them for a while and say, "Hey, when it comes to money, how do you view me and the meaning I attach to it?" Because they would have a view of it. They would have a read because they know you, you know. They're like, "Well, yeah, Sean, you're the type of guy that anytime Apple has something new, you're the first one in line." So <laughs> Money is a chance to stay up with technology and money is a chance to eat the best restaurants and money's, you know, they'll know these things. And you're like, I don't like that about me. You're not supposed to know me that well, but now we're back to that vulnerability and intimacy thing <laughs> that's playing mm-hmm. out. right? Um, so they can give us information, but I've got to do that searching myself too. Mm-hmm. Cause I've got to. Cause if I haven't done that, what they view, which is probably based in a lot of truth, I'll refute that because I don't like that. If they, if their read is something that's like, Oh no. You know? So <laughs> I've got to, I've got to ask myself those questions. And then this is actually a tip I got from one of my doctoral professors. He says he encourages couples and I've only done this a couple of times because money's not one that I've, that's a big problem. Most people come to see me. Money is a part of the problem, but that's not the soul, right? There's, there's more. Mm -hmm. things that are going on so we go a lot of different areas but one of the things is he encourages people take some time just by yourself pull out a a wad of cash or whatever you've got and have a conversation with your cash talk to it what does it mean when you look at that money what does it actually what's the story it has for you right and that sometimes that can be this whole okay because you know we all can feel differently like when i have a a 14 and a 12 year old in my house. And when they first saw a hundred dollar bill, they freaked out. Right. And I remember <laughs> that, you know, you remember that too. When we were like, Oh, I remember, but I used to have that same kind of thing with a 20. I used to have that same kind of thing with a dollar. Right. And then mm-hmm. the magical $2 bill that we don't ever spend, we get it as a gift and we keep it for whatever reason. But, you know, <laughs> just seeing it as, yeah. What is it about those things in that story that matter more. And the more I can understand how I view it, the more I can then challenge what I do with it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is just seeing it as this is all an evolutionary process in some regards of me evolving into a better full functioning human.
1: Along that thought, you just an idea just crossed my mind whereby you have a couple and they say, you know what, if you win, if you win a hundred thousand dollars today, what would you do to, with that? Right. Uh, just thinking about your 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 example yeah. here. Yeah. The uh, each couple is going to have different things that right away come to the, the top of yep. their mind. I have a hundred thousand. I'm going to save ninety percent of it, and then maybe spend ten percent of it. The flip might be the reverse for the other person. I am. Yeah. So I think some a situation like that or analogy can like that can help uncover what money means. Do you think?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the whole, how do you, because, I mean, it, if you think about it, there's all kinds of research out there, Sean, right? Of what's the, you know, money can only equate to happiness up to a certain level. And once I get that amount of it, then happiness, the, the, how it impacts me is negligible. And it's largely, right. if I got enough money to cover the necessities of my survival, I'm good. It can't provide any more happiness than that right? So, I mean, even mm-hmm. Johnny Carson made the comment before he died that being incredibly rich, all it provides is you don't ever have to have the worry of where's my next meal coming from. That's all it provides. Everything else, we're still in a life that we don't really control. <laughs> in some right. regard, there's a lot of things that can still happen to me, a lot of hurt and pain and struggle and and turmoil. So, it's it's being able to look at it through this lens of, okay, this is just a commodity and an aspect of my life. How do I make it to where it's not an idol? How do I make it to where it's just Mm -hmm. a part of the story? It's not the whole story, which in the world we live in, you know, consumerism has done its job of making us feel like anything that ails me, what will feel, what will fix that is whatever
1: the next greatest thing out there is. Correct. Correct. We've, we've, We've built idols around money and what money can do. And just like you rightfully said, that it gets to a point where the the money has diminishing returns. And for many of us who are not a part of the 1% of the affluent in the world, we somehow feel by uh, if I get a 10% bump in my salary or 20% bump, or if I'm earning half a million dollars a year or a million dollars a year, then all my problems will go away. But then we look at the 1% who are very wealthy and they still have problems. Oh, yeah. But rather, than, but rather than having looking at their lives and having that inform us that, listen, yes, money could probably solve some of your problems, but it might actually create other problems, which when you compare those problems, you'll probably be better off having the problems you have now than the problems you might have when you have a whole lot of money. Right 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 and so but there is a need to uncover what that money means i mean i think that's the one the the one thing that we we, we we're coming back to now in a situation where that meaning is painful right that meaning is it it, it brings up memories or feelings of hurts uh that could be just like we said earlier on a, a, a part of feelings you associate with something that happened in your past, mm-hmm. maybe growing up, or even mistakes you made earlier on in your adulthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a situation, in situations where there is hurt and there is pain, uh, with those meanings or those feelings, what would you recommend the spouse hurting to do? To, I guess, I don't want to say get over it, but grow through it and heal. And what would you recommend the spouse who is who sees their spouse experiencing this to either not help, but to... Bear with them and carry them along. I don't know if you get my train of thoughts there.
2: I I, I do a little bit because you're talking about, in some regards, how do we deal with the hurt and the pains and the disappointments that the things that we have in life also provide us, (laughs) Which, which we don't like talking about, right? We don't. Correct. They hurt. And so, in some regards, you're talking about having to go through the normal. Uh, the normal function of the grieving process of just acknowledging what was acknowledging what is because the more we try to deny it and diminish it, the more it wreaks havoc on us in other ways because the body Mm -hmm. has a sophisticated way of dealing with pain. And if I don't honor that, that pain is going to be dealt with somehow. So I choose to view it as how do I look at this through the lens of, I can call out what was even when it wasn't good and by being able to keep it as, yeah, that stunk. Yeah, that was ho- That was really, really hard. Yeah. This meant that's the best in me doing its work because the worst in me would deny that it was a problem. Oh no, it was good. That's just, you know, and we kind of diminish and soften it and mm-hmm. all that. And, and we're, we're doing a disservice to ourselves in that regard. And so it's being able to see it for what it truly was, because we all have this capacity. If you just look at it from the whole concept of good and evil, we have both within every single one of us, right? We we have times where we can use our superpowers for good, and then we have times where our superpowers are not so good in their use. So the more I recognize that in myself, the more I can hold myself into this whole process, to to evolve and grow and just be more fully functioning more integrated as how mm. I am to know yeah I was quick I mean cuz that's my my journey has been early on I would buy things and hide it from my wife until the credit card came in and of course being married to a CPA it's not staying hidden right <laughs> but I would pawn it off and oh it's it was you know I was impulsive and then I realized wait that's a very childish way to go through life. That's not responsible. It's not being a good steward, which is what we're called to be, is to Correct. look after things. I mean, that was the one of the first mandates with Adam and Eve. Look after the garden and tend it, right? That's a job. <laughs> so it was an easier job, but it was still a job. And then when right. the fall came, the job got much, much harder. But it's seeing it through the lens of, I've got to acknowledge both sides of me in that, that, yeah, we all have baggage that we're dealing with. That's why I've got job security as a therapist because everybody's messed up because we're all born in families, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and families are good and families are not so good. And that's the same family. So it's seeing it through this lens of, okay, the more I have a better awareness of life like that, the more I can confront it on real life terms.
1: Okay. So acknowledging it uh, for what it was is definitely a big step towards getting through that. Pain. Right. For the spouse who's watching their, for the opposite spouse who's watching their significant other going through that acknowledging process, is there anything I can do? Uh, do I just stay silent? No, no, no. Or... It's, it's, it's,
2: it's, it's in some regards, it's almost the same counsel in that you acknowledge it. You're like, look, I realize we view this differently. You know, that's the elephant in the room because you both know you view it differently. So acknowledge it, <laughs> and and we can learn to do this in non-attacking ways while still attacking the problem. To where. And this is the beauty of when I can start to see married life and the differences therein between the spouses as they're not a threat of, I don't have to view it the way you do to show I still love you, to show I'm still in this, to show I'm committed. Mm. And you don't have to do it the way I do to show you love me Mm. and are committed. And now all of a sudden I can maybe move this to. Okay, this isn't a problem between us. This is a problem we've got to align to attack together. We've got to collaborate to figure this thing out together. It's not within us, it's, within, it's, it's between us. Right. right. So it's seeing it as you're not actually attacking my character by calling me a debt loving, free flowing, creative guy. And I'm not attacking your character by saying Excel spreadsheets rule your world. I'm talking about what makes your life tick, but that's not who you are. And so we start to see it as these aren't necessarily threats and attacks. Now all of a sudden we can look at it as, okay, so if we've got this dream of what we want to do. How do we align to make that happen? We both have to buy in and collaborate to make that thing happen. Or we got this issue of, you know, things aren't, we're upside down with this payment. So what do we need to do? What are our, what are our real options? Well, the more I can be objective in confronting it, the less likely I'm going to wreak havoc to my relationship because I don't make it right. perfect.
1: I think once, one, one, something you touched on right now that I think is really important is the idea that your identity, you, you you didn't use those words, but your identity is not in your flaws or in the mistakes you made. Right. Uh, it's not necessarily a just because you you tend to lean a certain way doesn't make your identity and so if we're addressing the issue i'm not necessarily addressing your character right well i am and
2: i'm not (laughs) because because it is okay right you know because it's it's we can't necessarily separate ourselves out like teflon to where because part of what Mm -hmm. makes me tick is part of what makes me tick and I need to be aware of that, not necessarily try to sugarcoat or hide or temper that, but I also can't just throw it around as a ruler and a dictator, right? It's, it's, right, it's right. figuring out how to live in close confines of other people, knowing I'm going to be exposed when I do that. So how do I make the most of that? Realizing what they say about me is not wrong, but it's also not the whole story.
1: And I've I found situation and I've been in circumstances where I see one spouse who's willing to be vulnerable and they want to talk about some of these things, but the other spouse doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. There's this privacy that they want to keep to themselves, even though that privacy uh, is hurting their spouse. Right. So when one spouse wants to be vulnerable and open with their spouse and the other spouse doesn't, how, one, how do we get the spouse who wants to be vulnerable to be patient with the other spouse? And how do we get the spouse who doesn't want to be vulnerable to begin to open up? Well, but that's
2: assuming that equal levels of vulnerability is the best route. And I don't know if I'm going to buy that premise (laughs) because Uh, we're not necessarily talking about right here. We're just talking about different. And so how do you start to, to me, I challenge it through the lens more of, so you've got the spouse that gets more comfort in being laying their bare soul open more. Versus the spouse that no, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold my cards closer to the vest, right? That's kind of what you're describing. That
1: you're yeah, I'm going going to or, or or I'm gonna hide my spending. Um, I've been racking up credit cards and okay, I'm well going that's to hide it different. All right, so
2: that's that's a different <laughs> argument then, because that's gonna wreak havoc on the relationship. That that's a different because the consequences are more real versus if I want to share my thoughts and dreams and fears with you versus you don't. So let's go your route. I like that one more because there's more practicality to it of I'm married to someone that's a free spender and they hide it and I don't know about it until it's too late versus I want to know what's going on and I share it all with you. Is that what you're describing?
1: Yes, but I think we can address both.
2: Well, sure. But let's start with yours because it's more fun because it's, it's dealing with the real conflict. Um, (laughs) So, um, I think if you're talking about the 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 person that wants to be more in the open about what is being done financially and they're having problems with the person that doesn't that that hides it and skirts it, one, the likelihood is they're hiding and skirting other things too because uh, uh, being one, I know uh, I can hide a lot of things. It's not just money, so my question <laughs> is because you know. How do I start to live my life that's more congruent and in the open? That's a better marker of integrity and character to me. That uh, What you see is what you get. That's my yes is my yes. My no is my no. There's a lot of scriptures throughout the Bible that talk about God cares about our character and right? right. our wisdom, right? So there's this element of if my wife was to come to me and were to have said, look, your spending habits wreak havoc on us because they're hidden. All she can really do is confront that as clean as possible. and then sometimes you got to make the bigger moves of this puts us in situations where I'm gonna have to eventually start doing some things myself. And mm. because if if you're putting us in a perilous situation financially because of your habits, some of that's gonna be on your own. and and I don't like threatening divorce but the reality is do i subject myself to major pain and abuse in a in a sense when mm-hmm. you know my livelihood is at stake or what are my options how, how that's the whole concept of i got to claim it and name it clearly rather than i'm just trying to get you to be more up forthcoming no the reality is this is putting us in a serious situation now do we align to deal with this together or not so the more I can keep it clear about what is the real situation,
1: the better for both of us. One of the things just staying on that thought uh, that I think is important. And I, I want to pull that from your book. When you said that you have to make a choice. I remember you, you, you told a story that you, uh, about the, I think the story on the bridge, uh, yeah. where, uh, one spouse actions was holding back another and you have to, I guess you have to be firm about who you are and what you're going to take or how someone's going to treat you. Can, can you now, unpack that a little more? Because I think that does have a part to play in this well, dynamic. Absolutely. Here. So,
2: so the whole concept is is basically can be summed up in the idea that we teach people how to treat us. And if I constantly allow someone else to under function with something and I will overcome it and make up for it and run around and chase. I mean, this is the proverbial parent cares more about their kid's grades than the kid does. And so they do everything they can by arranging the meetings, getting all the tutors, even doing homework for them, all that kind of stuff. And the kid's basically learning by the unspoken message. Oh, I don't have to do much because my parents will take care of it for me. (laughs) Right. And rather Mm. than, Rather than being willing to take the risk and go, because I've actually said this to both of my kids, you know what? If you guys want to redo sixth grade, I have no trouble driving you back to that school. right? If it's not my job to handle your grades. That's yours. right? And so it's just it's being able to see it. and even on a marital level, we've got to do this of, you know what? You say you're going to be home at X time, you always show up an hour later you got to start shooting straight with me because what I'm going to end up doing is based on the time you're telling me you're home, I'm going to, I'm planning on that. And if you're late, that's on you, not me. Don't get mad at me. That the fact that you missed something that you said you'd be here for, I and mean, those are smaller examples, but it's that concept right. of, this goes back to how we began this whole thing. It's that concept of it's too in process, working to be more fully functioning people that are bringing to the relationship what, something worth being with. And this leads to the question that I ask myself al- almost every single day and encourage listeners and people to hear that hear this too to ask themselves is, would I want to be married to me? And the more I can ask that question honestly and then seek the answers honestly, the more I start to realize this is the areas I need to work because I know where I hide and skirt and avoid and temper and mm-hmm. how that can wreak havoc. Because, you know, we've already laid the foundation, I hope, pretty cleanly, that what we do in married life is always seen. We cannot hide from the people we live with. They see who we are. Right. And so no matter how much of a show I try to put on, they see it. So how do I start to see this as, okay, this whole dynamic is i got to carry my weight. And if I'm at a position where I can't carry my weight, I need to be respectful and ask for the help from my spouse. That's when marriage gets really good, because both of us are being more engaged and intentional in it.
1: I like what you said, you need to be respectful to understand where you need help. Yeah. And I see that as a big problem, because in many cases, the spouse, or either both really, are not willing to be respectful and say, this is where I struggle with. I need your help. Uh, For instance, I'll even use my own marriage. Uh, When we got married, uh, one of the things I hate doing, I'm not a big fan of, is opening mail. And so sometimes I can have mail uh, piled up where I don't open it. Uh, Unfortunately, that can create problems because if there are things to be paid and things that need to be addressed, um, things fall through the crack. And my wife would get on me about it. And eventually I just said, you know, Ani, honestly, I will do my best to try and open the mill, but is there a chance that you could do this proactively and help me with it? Um, but having that conversation and recognizing and owning it, that this is something that I struggle with, allowed us, allowed us to move past it, where now I'm actually growing in it, where I would open the mill. But I know that's, somewhat not related, but it's still on the same premise that owning and respecting your spouse to, to ask that I need help. I'm not good at this thing. And sometimes it it could be even the money topic. I'm not good with trying to figure out, make sure our, our, our books balance, our income and our expenses match, and we're living within our means. Uh, Should we seek outside help or is this something you are better at that we can have this conversation together so that we, we're both in it, but you handle do the heavy lifting because you're better at it. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's respecting this other spouse to acknowledge acknowledge that and ask for help. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, And for the spouse who is on the receiving end, is you said something is we treats, uh, people will treat me how, sorry, we say teach, that again. We teach people how to treat us. That's correct. We teach people how to treat us. And so it's time to decide how you want to be treated. Yeah.
2: And, so, a, lot of, and a lot of that is how do I conduct myself? because this is this is where it gets really interesting Sean is i would would you agree that fundamentally speaking people in married life want to be respected and or loved or cherished yes right right okay. so it let's go with just the whole concept of respected i want to be respected by my spouse all right so if I teach them how to treat me, how am I living in manners that are respectable? Because if I don't do that, them not respecting me is actually good judgment.
1: Because I haven't
2: shown. I'm not, I'm not living a life that's worth respecting. Because just because I'm in their life doesn't, this doesn't deem they should respect me. You know, they respect the choice I made when I said I do. That's enough for the rest. No, it's every day. You know, it's my 12-year-old son. If I'm yelling at him because he did something egregious, which is not beyond the realm of possibility, that he'll do something stupid as a teenager, Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: I'm yelling at him, and as part of that yelling at him, I'm demanding he respect me. He actually would have good judgment to not respect me in that moment because I'm not acting respectable if I'm yelling at him about something stupid
1: like that. Mm hmm. That's, that's, that makes a whole lot of sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. So, uh, when there is conflict and when there is vulnerability, going back to the question I asked just a little while back, in a situation where my actions are affecting my spouse or vice versa. One is either acknowledging it so that I can seek help or two, uh, I need to know what I'm going to tolerate and what I'm not going to. I need to help people, um, how people treat me, how I want to be treated. Now, going back to The previous question that I said something about, okay, vulnerability. You said something that about vulnerability not being equal amounts of vulnerability is not necessarily the solution. Well, it's,
2: we can't, in in some regards, this is where you have to examine the premise of, okay, if we can equally share where we are does that is that the ultimate goal? Is that the penultimate meaning of marriage? And I don't know if I buy that. I think that there's an element of... Some, some of this comes down to if I want to share about what's going on in my life and be more vulnerable, quote-unquote. If my partner does not match that level of vulnerability and I'm upset by that, I'm not really being vulnerable then. I'm not just sharing who I am. I'm, I'm doing it because I have a string attached. I wanna know who you are too, right? And that's that, And don't we do that? If you think about it, Sean, it's like, here, let me share a story about me. Okay, now
1: you go, <laughs> right? Because I actually, I, want, I want you to join me there. I actually like what you said there because there was, um, I'm just pulling up something I highlighted that, uh, marriage, being able to share and give or mature, either, either marriage or maturity, being able to give or share without expecting anything in return. Right.
2: that's That's the basis of love is there's no strings attached. I don't do it for what I get.
1: I do it because it's love. And I think that should be the foundation on which many of our decisions are made because then it Allows us to own who we are. True, but
2: it also, that does not, I mean, because I just heard a 60s mentality in that a little bit, Sean, because our love's not gonna put food on the table. <laughs> 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 that's true. Yeah, the reality of life on life terms means, okay, we can still love each other and we can, our love will, I mean, that's my mantra is, our love will see us yeah. through, baby. We'll figure this whole thing out. And she's like, no, 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 hold on still got to have numbers on that account that show us we can pay for what we need to, to eat. Right. But, but it's looking at it through this lens just of what are my main motivations and how can I just be more upfront about it to see it Mm. as, you know, the reality is look, honey, I want to give into this and I want to honor this. Here's my fear by doing that. Here's my concern. Here's my, you know, it just, I'm I'm a huge believer in married life. The more I can just put things out in the open of who I am and what I'm struggling with, the more I have a likelihood of aligning with my partner alongside that. Cuz then we're not fighting these covert things. We're fighting the more overt things cuz we're going to have problems mm-hmm. in marriage. Let's just make them good problems.
1: And one of and on that topic, you said something that Conflict is not a bad thing. And I actually like when you said that. It's the reality.
2: I mean, conflict is life, is conflict, isn't it? Right.
1: (laughs) So, life. And so bringing that conflict to the forefront and, uh, not avoiding the conflict just because and sometimes you said something that the fact that there is conflict mean there's actually might be there might still be what's the word you use it means I still care because if 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 I don't care I, I, it, it doesn't matter what you do or what you don't do then I'm probably checked out right Right. 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 But if I do care enough where there is conflict, it means there's something for us to build on that we can actually work through. Conflict is actually kind of one of the
2: main drive wheels of our own development. That when I will start to see this as, wait, you see this differently than me. Okay, how could what you see it as be good for me? And let's go back to this whole thing of um, I'm married to a CPA her conversations about budgets actually are good for me as much as I hate to admit it. You know, I cannot Mm -hmm. live as a responsible, good steward of life and we would not be where we are today. Were it not her helping me smooth the rough edges by her just being what she wants to be. And me being able to Mm -hmm. see it as, you know what? Debt is not a good thing. You are absolutely correct. I see how crushing it can be how much of a struggle for sure credit card debt can be just because that stuff, if you don't stay on top of it, it will rule your life. And right. and I also have to see it as if I got into this problem, it's my fault. It's not someone else's job to get me out of it. Right. That's Correct. the fundamentalness of our humanness too. So the more her being her challenges me to, I mean, I tell her several times throughout our relationship, I mean, we're almost 26 years in this month now, that it's like, you know what, baby? You've made me better in a lot of areas, Mm -hmm. and it's just because it's the way you're wired. It's the way you see it. Thank you. I don't like it, but it's it's better now that I look at it. So that's good. That's actually a, a net gain for us
1: because it's growing you yep. uh even even though you may not necessarily see the same or see life from the same lens yeah uh, it's growing you to be a better version of yourself which when we said this at the beginning that's really what marriage should be it should yep. help you become a better version of yourself and so being able to be open being able to have this conversation and let yes there's going to be conflict but that conflict let's unearth it let's have a conversation about it or let's talk about it and we'll both it's it's not a situation as my way versus your way um, in that conflict we can find a new way that is unique to us because it's a combination of who we both are right right that's a good summation right there man i honestly i i think this is really really good this has been good. Uh, we're always communicating, whether that's through unspoken words or whether that's through actual spoken words. The question is, what are we communicating? And is that communication um, growing us or is it putting us in a worse situation as a couple? Yeah. Uh, I think those are some of the highlights I can think of on just our, our conversation here. It's It's been really great. I I want to thank you very much. Absolutely, for, man! Thanks for having me on. I want to thank you very much for your time here. And should people want to reach you, uh, can you just give us um, some information if they want to call you, contact you, hire yeah, you? Well,
2: my I am pretty easy to find. My world online rests at sexymarriage.net. Uh soon to be smrnation.com because what I have found is sexy marriage being in the domain with my email, it gets hit in spam and junk a lot. And so uh,
3: Oh, even okay. though I
2: think we all want to be sexy, we don't want to get emails apparently from places that are sexy. So, you know, I got- <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna switch the domain, but everything else will be redirected. So sexymarriage.net is where it is now. Um that's how you find me all kinds of information is there including phone number email everything so and then check out the show sexymarriageradio.com it's worth the 30 minutes because it'll it'll i think it's it's been going on for seven and a half years over that now and
1: every show new shows on wednesday I can definitely say that it's been, I've, I've listened to maybe six, seven episodes. There's still a whole lot I want to catch up on, but I must say it's, it's really good. I'm so glad you're doing this. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, because I think in you are tackling topics that need conversations that need to be had. And yeah. it's really important for growing marriages. So I, I definitely appreciate your work and thank you for what you do. And thank you for joining us on the Dollar Savvy show. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. so that was the rest of my interview with dr Corey allen please rate subscribe and review on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcast coming up next is couples corner with daryl and trisha bell daryl is also known as Stephen the levite a popular christian hip-hop artist daryl and trish share some really personal struggles and advice that is sure to bless and inspire you this is the dollar savvy show this podcast is sponsored by G M Travels and Tours. Now, if you feel money is tight and the idea of traveling with your family is out of reach, G M Travels and Tours can help. Serving over 100 plus families to date, G M Travels and Tours specialize in making travel affordable for you. With destinations in Canada to the U.S. and international, your next planned trip could be days away. One of the things I like about GAM Travels is assuming you're, you're planning to travel next year, sometimes it's hard to figure out where the cash for that will come from. Well, GAM Travels has the perfect plan to help you make that vacation possible. Use the dollar savvy code TravelDSP. Email GAM Travels and Tours at gmail.com. That's G A M T R A V E L S A N D. T-O-U-R-S at gmail.com and plan your next family vacation today. GAM Travels and Tours. Travel affordably. So on today's segment of the Dollar Savage show for Couples Corner, I have some really great guests here. Uh, Daryl and Trisha, you might know Daryl as Steven the Levite. Uh, they have agreed to tell us a little bit about their story, their, their struggles, their challenges, and their triumphs as a couple when it comes to either managing money, understanding each other, and just finding unity as a spouse. Mm-hmm. So uh, Daryl and Trish, welcome to the Dollar Savvy Podcast.
3: Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you.
1: Yes it's um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Daryl. Uh, how long you guys been married?
3: Um, well we've been married for a little over 11 years, about 11 and a half almost mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we met in Philly uh, you know we were part of a church plant together met as the church plant was starting um, we were the first couple to you oh. know start dating and get married from that church plant. And, um, you know, we've kind of been living as examples, uh, you know, since then. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not not good examples always, but always trying to be or in living in light of the fact that, you know, we have people watching us. So. Right. um, Amen. Yeah. So, you know, and that kind of turned into uh, OSH, our sexual healing and, um, you know, trying to help people out, help other couples out and mentoring other couples and stuff like that. So.
1: That's awesome. Uh, we definitely need more godly examples in the community, especially in the local church and where you guys are where you guys are are just in the body of Christ really examples of couples who are uh, living for God and in spite of all the in spite of the 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 world we live in where everything is just either sexualized or mm-hmm. uh, the wrong messages are being are being pushed out with the wrong agendas. yeah uh, how many do you guys have children?
0: we do we have three and one more on the way
1: yeah congratulations (laughs) wow busy home busy house for you guys how old are the kids (laughs) um (laughs) nine
0: seven two and uh one due in september
1: Wow, that's that's awesome. So you're you're almost there. You're almost there. Yes.
0: Yes, Lord. This
3: is this is the last one.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. This is definitely Are you sure? Listen the last time we said it was the last one and then I don't know what happened. And it was like... The
3: problem is we asked God for four before we had any. Well, yeah.
0: Four was always like the goal. But mm-hmm. um my last pregnancy was so it was so rough. Um, I was just like, I don't think my body could even take another, Go through kid. It again. yeah, but here we are mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm <laughs> feeling kind of good <laughs> now. Um, and so, yeah, this is it. This, I, wow. this is it. <laughs> that's,
1: that's awesome. Well, congratulations, uh, congratulations you. to you guys. Hope everything goes well. Um, and hope you, I mean, I mean, we'll probably still talk before then. Um, yeah. But tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I'll start with you, Trish, in Mm -hmm. terms of if you were to describe yourself or even or Daryl in terms of handling money, how would you describe each other?
0: (laughs) I'm laughing because I already know. Um, So I would say for myself, um, I didn't really grow up knowing how to manage money. Um and so it was very difficult for me, you know, being um, married and having to, you know, like like run run stuff by my husband before I purchased mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the I was like one of our first arguments was over over money because so my father, I, you know, it was just me. I was like the only girl, and my dad spoiled me. And always took care of me financially. so um the moment I got married and we had like a we had like a little slip up like you know we needed some money for something. I don't remember what it was, and I immediately went to my dad. Without telling Daryl. Oh. And he, was like, <laughs> he was like, don't you ever. <laughs> don't That's, you ever. You're, do you're, that cutting,
1: you're cutting up my feet by doing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you mean I'm not mad enough for you?
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. And I wasn't even looking at it like that because it was just a natural instinct for me.
1: Right. You know,
0: like if if something happens, there's there's a hiccup in, in the finances. It's like, oh, I run to my dad and, you know, here he is coming to the rescue. You know what I mean? And Daryl was just like, please don't ever do that again. Like, he was like, I'm the one that's taking care of you. And right. I, you know, I got this, even if, even if we don't have it right now, I got this, like, don't, you know, please don't do that again. So I was, I apologized, And I was like, I didn't realize, you know, it was, it was really a rude awakening for me. Um, and so from there, I think we had, we started to be more, I started to be more intentional about my spending habits it's i mean it's been it's hard because i'm i'm like naturally like bougie yeah I was um that. like naturally just because just how i was raised like you, I you always, have expensive taste exactly i have very <laughs> expensive right taste. <laughs> i have very expensive taste and i and and because there's certain like it's normally with food like i spend most of our money on food because i can't eat a lot of stuff Because I have um, allergies to and sensitivities to a lot of food, so I'm always thinking, okay, I need to eat healthy, and I need to eat something organic, and I need to eat something good. Because I'm a foodie too, so it's like all of that combined is like always kind of like problematic. But, um, but I do understand just the um, you know just the nature of like we have to save money, we have to be frugal, you know. And sometimes I can be very frugal, and then it's like. Sometimes it's just like I just—it's hard. It's just hard for me to choose. Should I pick this organic cucumber over this like non-organic thing? And it's just mm. like ah, I'm gonna go with the organic because I'm gonna. If I don't, I might pay for it in the long run. Like, stuff like that. That's just that's yeah, just kind of, that's yeah. just examples of how I think. But it is a battle. Like I'm always like battling in my mind mm. about what I should get and what. And then I'm like, okay, well, what would Daryl? What would (laughs) Daryl tell me to do? And normally I should go with that. When I'm pregnant, a lot of times that stuff goes out of the window. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's hard. It's harder.
1: Because your appetite is different, right?
0: Absolutely. Oh, all the way. All the way different.
1: Daryl, how about you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so
3: I think, so for me, like, when I think about my financial history, um, I've always avoided debt. Like, I Mm -hmm. paid my own way through Bible college for the three semesters that I went. Um, I never had any credit cards. Um, You know, I was just always like, no, we like I didn't have any debt until I got married because Trish already had college debt. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was always just like, nope, I'm never going to get in debt. (laughs) That's not going to happen. I'm avoiding it with everything I got, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, But at some point during our marriage, specifically when we moved to Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We moved to Brooklyn. We were like, you know, like, oh, you know, we we move into this apartment. I'm waiting to hear from Uber or from the TLC about driving for Uber and stuff like that. And we're waiting. Nobody tells me it's going to take three months. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. waiting like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get this job. And I'm just waiting and waiting. And meanwhile, we got this expensive rent piling up. And you know Chase Chase Bank gives us like this uh, credit card for like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> it was eleven thousand dollars. Eleven thousand <laughs> dollars. I'm like, all right. Well, you know what? I'll just I'll just pay it with the credit. I'll pay rent with the credit card, and then I'll pay it back over the course of the next couple of years because I'm about to make all this money driving Uber. Right. And they it was just like it was it was the the worst domino effect horrible. after that. You know what I'm saying? Like because mm-hmm. it's just the issue of like um like the lack of discipline like not having the discipline that it takes to actually do that you know what i'm saying because the issue with debt at least for me like the issue with debt is that once you have it um like especially for me i've never had to manage debt up until that point i've never had debt i just saved my money and i spent what i felt like i needed to spend and whatever i didn't need to spend i just put it away and i saved it you know um right and that was decent enough for when i was single but after i got married that wasn't enough i needed to be more disciplined um and specifically being in brooklyn having that debt and trying to save money like it was just like not the right environment to learn how to manage debt um because everything's expensive and even when you're making money like specifically as a lyft or uber driver you're not making as much money as you think you are because a lot of money is
1: spending on gas, right? You know, you're
3: spending gas. You're spending on renting the car. Um, you're spending on, you know, just whatever, you know? Right. Um, but it all comes in like a paycheck. So you think, Oh snap, I made $3,000 this week. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. or you think the, the other issue that I ran into near the end of me driving for Lyft was, I know that if I work this weekend, I can make at least a thousand dollars. So I'm not worried about whatever expenses I get on my, I was using a PayPal credit card at the time, which to me was safer because it's not actually a credit card, right? Because it it, it I I use it, it takes the money and then once it's available, it takes it out of my bank account. There's no interest involved. And it was it's actually a decent setup, but it's still that mentality of like, um, you know, I will go to such a place and make such amount of money. And the Lord's like, no, you should say if the Lord wills, I will make such amount of money. Yeah, (laughs) because at one point the job was wasn't there. And then I was like, but I told I thought I was going to have this money because I was going to go out this weekend and make this money. And the Lord's like, nope, you're not. Like, I don't will. So you don't yeah. like, you know, and it was like yeah bro. So immediate debt, like immediate pile up of debt after yeah. that. So um, so basically we're we're on. A, we're digging our way out of that hole now. Like I just got a job recently. Um, we're learning how to spend less. We, we've we officially ended all of our subscriptions that we're taking money that we didn't know about. Yes. Um, you yes. know what I'm saying? uh mm-hmm. you know we're 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 shopping at different grocery stores <laughs> um it. yeah you know what i'm saying like trying to take all the necessary precautions to cut costs so that we can actually save some money um even right. though cuz we're not making a lot i think um you know i feel like a lot of our brooklyn experience was the lord teaching us like why he wasn't giving us so much money before brooklyn cuz like it, that was only like the last three years, three and three years and change of our life, of mm-hmm. our marriage. So the prior like seven years before that, um, with the exception of like the two years that we were at Christ's Home uh, working at a, at a you know, at an organization there, um, we, we didn't make a lot of money. Like we weren't really killing it financially. Um, and, you know, we were always complaining a little bit like, Lord, how come we're not making enough money? We're not making a lot. Um, you know, I mean, we were taken care of, but we were always kind of like, dad, like, are we always gonna be like this, broke? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying?" Um, and I think over those over those five years, I guess you could say, between Christ's home and and living in Brooklyn, yeah, like the Lord showed us, like, this is why I don't trust you with money.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I think I think yes, and I think the situation. We got ourselves into when we moved to Brooklyn, where we we're dependent solely upon a credit card is what really like just sent us down this like crazy path. And um, but before that, I feel like we definitely were more intentional mm-hmm. than we were when we got to Brooklyn. That's yeah. for sure. Like yeah,
3: we definitely like we we paid off a car. We paid off some kind of debt. I forgot what bill we paid off, or whatever.
0: And we we paid off like, like almost all card. of our debt except except for my credit, your my college um debt. college debt. But like we had, yeah, we paid off a vehicle, and two days later got totaled. But um, oh yeah, yeah like worse. stuff like that would happen. Like, but it, we were doing well with the money. But it was just like, you know, we didn't... I guess we weren't ready for that amount. Because when he was working for Lyft, he, he made six figures. And we didn't realize that, like, wow, you're, like, really killing it right now. And Damn. we were... We just... Was just spending, you know? It was just spending like it. Yeah, yeah. So...
3: Yeah. In retrospect, it's like, bruh, if we would have been, like, saving and we would have been, like, more intentional about how much we're spending oh, on yeah. food and, you know, like, just paying off debt when we said we were going to pay it off and things like that, then we would have been like, <clears throat> okay. Um, but
0: when you're in Brooklyn, you got a brunch. Like everybody does brunch every weekend. And I'm like, oh, I'm brunching. I'm going out.
1: <laughs> and like, it's so easy to start spending this just because food is one of those things you go out every day before you know it. You spend 300 bucks just on eating absolutely. out. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Minus groceries
1: or anything for the house, and exactly. so uh, yeah. that's uh, I can definitely see how that could put a dent into into, into your pocket, especially because sometimes you're spending the money before it even comes, and exactly. so if the money never comes, you're deep in debt,
0: right? Right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So would would you say would you say that's the biggest challenge you guys have faced, or one of at least in terms of money that is?
3: I think I think it's been the most consistent. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been. I think it's been like the most like, you know, it's it's stuff that I can trace back to the beginning of the marriage. Even when we were dating, I remember looking at my bank statement and saying, uh, so I, I've, I've counted up all the money that we've spent on eating out and it's a <laughs> lot and we need to cut down. Yeah. <laughs> this is back when we were dating. You know what I'm saying? Because I was, I was buying all her food. Like, because she was in college, she wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And, you know, her dad was giving her money for food and groceries and all that. But I was just like, no, I am I got money saved up because I'm working and stuff. Let me take you out. Let me take care of your food. Let me do this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, again, I looked at my money, and I was just like, yo, I spent a lot of money on food. I was just like, okay, so we, we got to cut down. Like, what can we do to change this? Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, so it's been there from the beginning. It's We've always had moments of, like, we're killing it. We're not doing that bad. But, but you know, then we have moments of, like, you know, it's hot, and I'm tired. I didn't take any chicken out. Like... Let's just order something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, yo, we spend like half of what we could have spent on groceries, um, just eating one meal for everybody. And it's like, dude, it's such a, a terrible use of our money. But you know, so you know, that's 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 like that's the consistent struggle, I would say. One of the words
1: I keep hearing is the word intentional. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you're not intentional about it about the decisions you make about money how you spend your money it can very easily just they say money grows wings Mm -hmm. Uh, when when it comes to I always tell people this when it comes to debt it's very easy to get into debt without even thinking about it yeah but to get out of debt you have to be intentional about it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and from just talking to the both of you that sounds to me like that's one of the bigger lessons, lessons you've learned is mm-hmm. being intentional about how you're spending your money and having these conversations prior yeah. to you spending the money as to okay, where do we want our money to go? Uh what do we want to spend our money on? And then deciding rather than just allowing the moment to to mm-hmm. take you and just say, Yeah, uh we didn't think ahead and so we're just gonna spend it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, What advice would you give couples today? Because when it comes to money, uh, a lot of fights uh, happen over money. Uh, Some of it is just because the values are different. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some couples have not had a chance to really talk through things. Or sometimes they've tried to talk through it, but uh, there's always a a fight. And so they just ignore it and sweep it under the carpet. Mm -hmm. What what advice would you give other couples? who may be struggling with one finding unity with your spouse and then two, just um, moving forward in their finances. Yeah. That's probably you Trish.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say first, you know, just like open that line of communication. Like that's first and foremost, have a conversation about, you know, well, how do you value, um, these, these things financially? Um, and then kind of, figuring it out, you know, between the both of you. Um, But you definitely have to have the conversation. And then um, making sure that you both, like, can have a, like, have a budget and then have, like, a weekly meeting, (laughs) have Mm -hmm. a weekly meeting on the budget. Like, it, when we don't meet, it, it just, it's like, it's like the the money just came and it's gone, you know? If we don't Mm -hmm. have a meeting about where the money is going and then we don't stick to um what we met about and what we've written down in our budget then it's you know it's just like yeah it's just the money's just not going to it's just going to leave and so i would say just being super duper intentional about having those those weekly meetings on yeah. where money is going and if and definitely you know as a husband um you know or if even if they're not married yet if they're working towards marriage like you know it's just always good to and it's not necessarily always the husband cuz sometimes there are, there are wives who do better with money or who figure out right. who who's better with who's money who's better with that. exactly yeah. and then once y'all figure that out then y'all can like you know kind of go from there and then it's like you guys collaborate on Um, whatever the plan is, you know, especially if you're talking about future plans, like, you know, that type of stuff needs to be talked about, you know, what do you, you know, what do you want to, you know, when do you want to buy a home or do you guys need to buy another vehicle or whatever, like have those money talks and then. Work your way toward those goals um by, you know, being intentional about saving, um having an emergency fund. Like all those things are very, very important because if you don't have it and then you have kids, and it's just like, oh, you know, emergencies come up all the time. And if you don't have mm-hmm. these things set in place, you know, it's just gonna be chaos. And we've yep. definitely like experienced we've chaos. experienced the <laughs> yeah. chaos on many occasions. so, yeah we're we're definitely trying to get there it's just been it's been hard but um at least we have a plan Mm -hmm. and we're 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 working through it
3: yeah and i think (laughs) and i think my advice would be on the on the side of the plan like working out the plan um just having the the you know she said intentional i'm gonna say the discipline yeah because like it's not it's not like you know, it's not easy. It's not like, oh, this is what we're going to do. Okay, and then like it just happens. It's like, <laughs> no, you got to like, all right, well, if we want to save up and we're only going to eat out once a week, then that means we got to cook 6 days a week. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like so you got to cook. You got to make sure you you left the meat out. You got to make sure you did this, you did that. Yeah. Um, cook and you know, freeze you it. You have you have <laughs> right. to you have to feel you have to feel like cooking or even if you don't feel like it, you have to do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, mm. you have to fight your feelings. Um, with facts and and do what you need to do. Um, He's
0: talking about me because <laughs> when try I'm pregnant, listen, <laughs> listen. When I'm pregnant, now when if I'm not pregnant, I'm with I'm, it. I, I put will, that on a T-shirt. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I will fight through it. You know what I'm saying? Like I I don't mind cooking when I'm not pregnant. I actually enjoy food. Like if it's something, if it's a recipe that I like, oh, I'm gonna do this recipe. I will do it. But being pregnant. First of all, I've never cooked when I'm pregnant, ever, except this pregnancy. So because I'm kind of like forced to, um, Mm -hmm. and so three other kids exactly. (laughs) And then him working like full time is like it's just been yeah, it's just been very um, hard. But I there are days like today, like we we're like staying with my dad for a little bit, and the air is not working. Okay. Mm Ain't no air in this house. It's 83 <laughs> degrees in the house. I'm not turning no ovens on. I told oh, I told wow. Daryl that said, I'm not doing it. I love you. I understand what we're supposed to be doing, but I am not doing it. You have to cook. I'm not doing it. Yeah. So, so I, there's there so There's certain <laughs> right. And there's certain things that he understands like all right. I know she's tired. I know she's hot. She's not doing it. I'ma just do it. You know? So I mm-hmm. appreciate when he does that. But but I know I forget sometimes to take out the meat, and I'm just like, oh, what are we eating? We're going out to eat? I got to go out to eat and get some food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I got to do better.
3: Mm. Yeah, so I think I think that's my advice, though, just being disciplined and, and doing what you got to do. Yeah. The
1: real takeaway I'm hearing from all of this is uh, communication, mm. uh, being intentional, Uh, being disciplined and one of the words I keep hearing that I'm so glad to hear is the word we Mm. right it's not mine it's not yours it's ours it's we and I believe those are one of the keys uh, of to success in marriage when it comes to money Uh, Daryl and Trish you've been awesome guests thank you so much for sharing your stories this has been Couples Corner real people real stories real struggles real hope Thank you for joining. Thank you for very much for uh, coming on as guests, Daryl and Trish. Definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Oh,
0: my pleasure. Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Dollar Savvy podcast. You can find us at sacapital.ca slash podcast. And you can reach us at 1-888-365-8883 extension 377 or send us an email at podcast at scapital.ca You've been listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. I'm your host, Sean I D M E. Thank you.
2: Madden and Mitchell Media.